ESPN 94.1 FM at 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. It is Thursday, April 30th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lite holds your great taste. Only 96 calories. It is the original white beer. You can also text the program. All you have to do is text us at 304-399-8255. That's the text line to be a part of the program today. we got a lot to get into. Actually, we have so much to talk about. I'm excited. Some of it's good. Some of it's bad. Some of it's right in between. The bad stuff first, the Little League World Series, not going to be played this year for the first time since, well, ever. Also, Andy Dalton. No longer with the Bengals. We'll talk more about that. But if you are looking for live sporting events, NASCAR has got you covered. And joining us now, he is a regular on MRN Radio and, of course, our very own Big Buck Country 101.5. Jason Toy with us on the NASCAR Restart we're finally there. We've got some yeah. live sports to talk about. Yeah, we do. It's um, yeah. I, I will say this with NASCAR and folks, I me, mean, you know, folks have their opinion of racing. I understand that, but it's not it's not everybody's cup of tea. But one thing about it throughout this whole um, uh, everything that we've gone through in this whole pandemic, when it affects the sports world, NASCAR has been able to stay in the forefront a little bit because of the eye racing. They're one of the few sports that has that capability of being able to do that. Uh, so it's been cool. It's been keeping the interest. It's been uh, satisfying some of the sponsor partners. It's been entertaining for the fans. They've actually become fans of iRacing now. But now the real thing gets to happen. And NASCAR been working with state officials, health officials, and everybody else through North Carolina and South Carolina. And uh, have announced today, matter of fact, just, a, just a, not even within the past hour or so, that NASCAR is going to get back to racing for real. No iRacing. Back to racing for real starting May 17th with the running at Darlington. Uh, they're going to run the cup race there on Sunday, and then they'll have an Xfinity race there on uh, Tuesday night and at Darlington. And then on Wednesday night, they'll come back and run another cup race at Darlington, uh, a little bit shorter than the 400-mile one they're going to run on Sunday. And then after that, they'll take the you know a couple of days off. They'll get reconvened. They'll have an ARCA race, uh, which is kind of one of the developmental series for NASCAR at Charlotte on uh, Saturday. And then on Sunday, it is going to be the Coca-Cola 600, the uh, the traditional 600 time spot. And they will run the 600 miles on that one. And then on Monday, they'll have a truck race at Charlotte. Tuesday, they'll have an Xfinity Series race. Wednesday, another cup race. So they're trying to get to, trying to make up the, what they can on the schedule-wise. But uh, it's, a, it's a good aggressive schedule with NASCAR. Now, Paul, the differences are going to be this time. Uh, no fans in the stands. We knew that was going to happen with sports. Um they're going to be limited on the people that go into the track. So teams might be limited on the amount of people they can bring in. So a lot of these big teams in the Cup Series especially bring in a whole crew that is nothing but mechanics and engineers for the car. They bring in another crew that does nothing but going over the wall and pit stops and everything else. Somebody's going to get limited there. So there's still some discussion about NASCAR might go without live pit stops because of that. Uh, I think that you'll probably see that more in the uh, truck series and the Xfinity series, kind of going back to what they've done before in the past, uh, which is not a bad thing. Plus, it saves money for these teams. 
So we'll see how it shakes out. The other way they developed a schedule is all these races are uh, driving distance, real short driving distances from the Charlotte area where most of the teams are housed. So that way they can go in that morning. They can set up. They can. Uh, in some cases, they will qualify. I think right now the only one they're going to qualify for is the 600, and then they'll race. So no practices. None of that stuff. It's going to get up, let's go, race, and then come back home. That way they don't have to worry about the flights. They don't have to worry about the hotels in most cases. There's still one or two teams that are located outside the area. Uh, but uh, they'll be able to drive in, race, and then leave, and then come back and race again the next day. So that's what this early part's designed until other places can get back opened up, like Martinsville's and Bristol's and other things like that, and they can try to get back on the schedule. And you're going to see a lot of midweek races here, I think, throughout this schedule to try to get the full uh, gauntlet of races that they would want to get accomplished, the full 36 races that they have uh, started out the season to do, and trying to complete all that for the trucks and the Xfinity as well, too. So, yeah, it's a great a great announcement for NASCAR, and that race fans will be excited about the fact we get back live racing again, which is awesome. That was my question. How are they going to set up? How are they going to turn this around so quickly? And basically, it's just you're going to drive down to the track, maybe uh, in your uh, in your sedan, pull up, yep. team's going to be ready, here you go. Yeah, they're going to pull in. A lot of the teams, will, when they do races in Darlington and other places, they'll travel and they're uh, either they get a bus or they do vans or something like that because they'll be limited on the parking but uh, that's not an uncommon thing for Darlington so it actually works out really well to be able to have these tracks that close to be able to get things started now uh, teams were actually able to get back into the shop uh, this week too which is a big thing because they were able to get these cars all ready and get ready to go racing too Safety concerns, how will NASCAR, or at least what's the early indication, how they're going to handle this? I mean, will pit crews, I know they wear a lot of protective gear, mm-hmm. they're going to be, be required to wear face masks as well. <laughs> what's what's going to happen here? The over-the-wall guys already wear stuff like that. So they're going to implement the fact that you're going to be checked before you go in. Uh, they're going to have you, you have to go through a medical process before you come in. Uh, broadcast partners like us in radio and television, we're going to have an additional, uh, maybe through our companies that will take care of that for us. Uh, and also, too, we'll get checked temperature-wise. And some of the, you're starting to see a lot more of this infrared stuff coming in, too. So uh, that could be another step. But definitely everybody's going to be checked. If you're fevered, you won't get in. Uh, you won't be able to race. You won't do, be able to do all of that stuff as well. But once you're in, social distancing, the old standard stuff, social distancing, wearing a mask, uh, avoiding contact, that type deal as well. But uh, at some point, you're going to have to be – if you're working on a car, you're going to be side-by-side side with somebody. So it's going to be uh, like that. But knowing that somebody is healthy and good, that's the one thing. Now, I, I made the joke earlier, but it's actually a true thing. The safest place to be health-wise will be the driver because you're in that, in that suit. You're in that compartment. It is hot as all get out, 120 degrees in some cases. It'll kill a whole lot of things when it's in there. Jason Toys with us. Of course, uh, you know him from Big Buck Country 101.5 also. He is part of MRN Radio. Is NASCAR the only sport that can maybe pull this off early? I know baseball's still talking. There's a plan to change up divisions, go with geography. Mm-hmm. I know the NBA still trying to figure out what they're wanting to do. LeBron wants to have a season. NHL, same story as well. Dana White with the uh, UFC. He's he's, he's going to fight. Trying a lot. Yeah, he's yeah. going to fight. He wants to. F- he would do it in the backyard of our parking lot if he thought he could get away with it. But NASCAR seems to be the first real viable sport to be able to do this because of the fact that even if the fans were there they would be so far away from the athletes but you don't want them there right now because of still you just don't know i, I think i saw if i'm not, i could be mistaken 
But flipping through the other night, uh, I think it was on CBS uh, Sportsnet uh, deal um, network uh, because I think they do the uh, the PBR stuff, the professional bull riders. So I'm not mistaken, they were actually already doing bull riding competitions. I think this past weekend at one of the states that have started started opening things back up. So uh, some racetracks uh, across the country, some short tracks in areas that aren't you know devastated by the virus, you know, and up in the Dakota areas and those type of places have actually started back racing again uh, without uh, putting fans. You know, if they do, the fans are separated. Uh, from uh, in the stands, but they've actually started back short track racing again, which is a good thing. It's a good sign of things to come. And obviously, NASCAR takes the the step and they go along with what health officials say, what the the doctors are telling them, how they're advising them as well to do this the right way and safely as well. So uh, they've done everything that they need to to be able to do that and continue to to add more and more to it. And honestly, I I think that first race weekend, that 17th, when they're there on that Sunday, will be a true learning day. They're going to learn a whole lot of, okay, next race we're going to do this differently or separate this type of deal. So it'll it'll be interesting to see. Do you feel this season, try to get everything you possibly can as much as possible to get on the track, and then next season when you have more information and you know more, mm-hmm. that's when the fans are going to be allowed to come back? I think it's going to be like that with sports in general, period. I think, honestly, once we can muster our way through this fall, hopefully, uh, you know, you're, you talked about it already, basketball's looking at baseball's looking at it different ways. Hockey, I think, has also been uh, exploring opportunities and, and how they'll be able to do some things. I think that uh, it'll be a lot of learning experiences for a lot of sports and how to, how to do things uh, because you can't get back into arenas right now. You can't do concerts. You can't do major uh, people where a lot of people are together. That's why a lot of these sports are going to be without fans. I mean, it, and it kind of rolls into what how how it's going to look like in the fall when it comes to you know the NFL can pull it off you know they can college football is going to be really hard to be able to do it because if you're not allowing students to be on campus you're not going to be able to have a, a, a be able to field a team to be able to go to, to football so I think that's going to be the the, the adjustment period and then hopefully by that time we, you know we're starting to hear things about vaccines and treatment stuff and whatever that might be uh, helping us out if it gets pushed back a little bit it gets pushed back a little bit but uh, I think we have to I hate to use the term the new normal but we're going to have to get through the battles that we're in right now to get to a normal spot and it might be later on in the next spring before that happens so we'll have to to, to be patient I know and I know you know and I've talked about this a lot uh, the fact that financially Athletic programs like college programs are are going to be hurting if they can't not get football going, and they've and it's got to be done safely uh, for their players, you know, for the the fans, and then travel comes into that as well too. So there's a lot of factors. I I would imagine my head if I was in a Mike Hamrick position, or you know, or was it, who's the the AD up that. Um, uh, West Virginia, Sean Lyons. Yeah, Shane Lyons. Uh, Shane yes. Lyons. If I can imagine their heads about to explode in the fact of all the different scenarios of things to work out. So, well, you know, NASCAR has been going through the same scenarios. I mean, I've been on conference calls every single week since all this has happened uh, with all, all of our group and with NASCAR, and they have had 20 different plans every single week, and they have all changed because you don't know when you're going to be able to get to this point. So this point now is going to be May 17th. We race in Darlington. Of course, that means we got racing back on the radio on mm-hmm. Big Buck Country 101.5. Well, we been we've been doing classic races right that's been good uh it's been fun to go back um uh, this weekend we're racing and we should have been racing in dover i should have been racing in dover this weekend uh but we'll have a classic race how ironic that the fact that the race that we have coming up this weekend was a battle from about four or five years ago four years ago 
2016 with uh, Matt Kenseth and Kyle Larson. Larson, who was out of that car, Matt Kenseth going into that 42 car now in, in current days. So those two battled it out all, all race, and it was a classic finish on that one. So we're going to have that for you 1 o'clock on Sunday on Big Buck uh, with a classic race there. We'll have another one next weekend as well as we get to, till we get to, to live racing. So it's been a great thing to have for us as well. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be fun. I think it's kind of – a lot of other leagues are going to be watching this on how they're, how NASCAR is doing this. I think you're going to see a lot of other places like the uh, the NBA and, you know, and, you know uh, the NBA, Major League Baseball, everybody else going to look at it and say, okay, here's what they're doing. Here's how we can do ours. So it's going to be fun to watch. I want sports – all day. I want baseball in the afternoon. You know, then I can have some NBA at night. You're going to get bombarded. I love it. I I want my summer to be me not doing this show, just all sporting events all day, every day. What I feel the, the, the hardest for, I feel the, the, the worst for, are the high school kids. Those seniors that had, that are graduating this year, my son graduating, but luckily he only played football. He didn't play baseball or anything in the spring sports. Those kids that were going into their senior year, they lost the entire year uh, when it comes to that. And I really, really hope that obviously safety first, but we can get back to some normalcy for kids later on when they get back into their high school or middle school athletics here later on next in the, in the fall. And it's going to be a, a long time before we get there. you got to get back working out again, get some team uh, team group stuff back together again and figure out a way to make that normal and a, what's going to be the term I don't like to use, but it is going to be the new normal of having to go through medical checkups and everything else before you can put all those kids on a football field or on a basketball court or on a soccer field or, sorry, soccer pitch, uh, but, you know, and all that stuff as well. So I, I really hope that uh, for the high school kids, uh, particularly in our area and across the country, they'll be able to get back to something. The soccer pitch, and, of course, it's not a jersey. It's a kit. It's, yep, yep. It's a kit. Um, and it's not zero, you know, like one nil. zero, it's nil. nil. Yeah, yep. all these terms. Um, and in racing, when you talk about the European side of things, uh-huh. uh, in the sports car world, it's not pits, it is the paddock. So when you talk about back in the garage area or the pit area, it's in sports car racing and Formula One racing, it is called the paddock. So you have you have different terms like that as well, too. Really? The paddock? The paddock. The paddock. Yeah, it's not that bar it used to be in Huntington. No, no, I was also going to say, yeah, Yeah. the paddock, huh? (laughs) Yeah, the paddock is what it's called. Hey, uh, one other thing real quick, Paul, I'm going to get ready for a break. Um, And I know you're probably going to talk about this, but I'm going to jump the gun a little bit. We've got a thing that we're doing with all of our kindred stations today. Uh, It's called Radio Cares. Uh, It's Feeding America. It has been uh, something that we got behind here. It's in, and they say it's an emergency radiothon. This truly is. This was put together less than two days ago. Uh, but all day today, we started at midnight. We're going all the way till midnight tonight, 11.59, 59 p.m. tonight. We have been uh, raising funds for uh, Feeding America. Now, Feeding America provides food for food banks all across the country. There's 200 of them that they have in their, affiliate, in their affiliates. And those affiliates are included in our area here, the Facing Hunger Food Bank uh, over in Southeast Ohio. There's Southeast uh, Food Bank, Southeast Ohio Food Bank up towards Charleston. It's a Mountaineer Food Bank as well. Facing Hunger Food Bank here does a large part of our listening area. So proceeds will benefit them as well. So it's uh, been a great thing we've been doing all day today. You can go online to uh, 
to to our website, right, Paul, WRVC.com? That's Never correct. Mind. You can go on there, and they can click on to uh, uh, the Radio Cares logo there, and you can do your donation there. You can also text in to do that as well, and I think you got that. You may have that one in there. Nine eight. Yep. No, I'm sorry. Nine five eight one nine. You text feed to nine five eight one nine, and all those donations go right to Feeding America. Yep, and it goes, and that benefits us right here in this area as well. Now, in fact, I'm kind of pulling up here real quick because we've uh, been kind of keeping updated on the uh, donations all day today. Let's oh see, yeah, it's, it's great. You go to radiocares.org and yeah. it's got it right there. Two hundred and uh, just under two hundred eighty-four thousand dollars we've raised so far today with all of our all the radio stations here across the country doing this. That's a, that's pretty good. Hopefully, get that push there towards a half a million here before the end of the day today. All you have to do is go to radiocares.org. You can mm-hmm. text feed to nine eight. I'm sorry, nine five. I keep inverting that. Yeah. Nine five eight one nine, and uh, that's how you help out. And of course, uh, we'll be doing this until midnight. So we need everyone's help in doing this. And uh, it's it's a great, uh, it's really a great cause. And you're right, we got it together in what two days. Yeah, they they, they got a hold of us, and we said, you know what, no brainer. Facing Hunger Food Bank, we'd love to work with them, and their affiliation with Feeding America has been great. Uh, it one it's put a, a dollar amount and kind of a, to give you a visual visualization of how this is. A dollar can eat, is equivalent to about 10 meals. So one simple dollar is equivalent to about 10 meals for somebody in need through the Facing Hunger Food Bank and Feeding America. So uh, contribute that. Get until midnight tonight. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a whole lot of fun with us today. Jason Toy joining me. Of course, you know him locally from Big Buck Country 101.5. He's also with MRN Radio. And um, NASCAR starting back up. Looking forward to having some racing on the radio. Uh, I, I'm waiting for you to give me that phone call to say you got a truck race for me <laughs> on, a, on a Friday afternoon. I can take the day off and listen to a little truck racing and sit back. I'm waiting for that phone call. Well, you know, that should be uh, in June. If we stay on schedule and we get back up there, you'll have that in June. So we'll see. So that's the goal, to go back with the schedule. And this isn't going to be a central, like, we're going to race in Charlotte till further notice. It's going to be, yeah. we're going to try to get back to the, the tracks across NASCAR. And to make up for what we've lost so far, you'll see midweek races uh, throughout, uh, probably all the way through the fall. Now, if the things amp up again and the state closes down or whatever, you know, NASCAR has no qualms about the season going on into December, if need be. So... Um, just like every other sport, you're going to have to adjust on the fly here. So we're going to we'll see how it shakes out. Get through the first weekend or two with it, and uh, go from there. I'm okay with that. I, yeah. I want sp- every day. Yeah. I want something. I want hockey. I want I want back to back hockey, baseball, basketball. Yeah. I'll take it all. Uh, Tired of watching classic sports, aren't you? <laughs> um, yes, but you know what? Speaking of classic sports, you'll you... like this one. Coming up tonight, we'll start at 8 p.m. We have got the 2018 AFC Championship game between the Patriots and the Chiefs. That's coming up tonight. Sweet. That'll be a, uh, a rookie year for Patrick Mahomes. Yes. That's right. So that's coming up tonight. And then um, on Tuesday, I, I don't even know why I'm carrying this game. It'll be... Uh, Super Bowl Twenty Three, San Francisco versus the Bengals. All right, there you go. No, that's a terrible game. Because <laughs> actually, they were showing on ESPN the other day. Um, Steve, Steve Sable uh-huh. was showing like highlights from all the Super Bowls, and we rolled upon that one. As painful as it was, I watched. I mean, come on. I mean, did you remember that game? Oh yeah. Oh but- yeah. It was, a, it was one of the greatest Super Bowls ever until the final. That was also the game where to uh, Tim Crumry, right? Broke his leg. I just remember seeing that. that was, I remember that uh, then. That, yeah, you know, it's one of those ones you knew when it had, when you saw it. He's like, oh, and that was like early in the game. It was yeah. like the first play or something like that. So, yeah, I remember that game uh, very well. Yeah, but 
Um, it's coming up. We'll have that for you on Tuesday. But tonight, uh, Chiefs and the Patriots. Uh, I don't know if you know the outcome, so um, <laughs> don't spoil it for anybody. It's coming up tonight, 8 o'clock. Jason Toy, Big Buck Country, 101.5, also MRN Radio. we got more on the way. It's The Drive, ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Welcome back to the Thursday edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So we are sort of in a mixed bag of good news, bad news, and maybe not news. But Andy Dalton... That's probably the big story today. At least that was earlier until everything else came down. But Andy Dalton, no longer with the Cincinnati Bengals. He was released today. He was your starter since they selected him in the second round of the 2011 draft. He's 32 years old now, led the Bengals to the playoffs five times. The Bengals lost in the wild card round each time. He is the franchise's career leader in touchdown passes. So he's got that going for him. And, of course, I think we all saw this coming because this comes one week after the Bengals drafted former LSU quarterback Joe Burrow with the top overall pick. Burrow, 60 touchdowns in 2019. That is an FBS record. And, of course, he won the Heisman voting. He did win the Heisman Trophy as he led the Tigers to the national championship. And for full disclosure, I am a Heisman voter, and I did vote for Joe Burrow for the Heisman. Now, Dalton set to earn $17.7 million in the final season of a six-year contract. That's worth $96 million. The Bengals really impressed me because they started to actually test the free agency market. They actually went out and started shopping, trying to improve the team, find pieces, components in free agency. And that means you got to pay free agents. And if you're going to sign a rookie quarterback, first-round draft pick, and you're going to start spending money in free agency, you got to look at the salary cap. And unfortunately, with $17.7 million, there's 17.7 million reasons why Andy Dalton doesn't get to at least finish out his contract with the Cincinnati Bengals. So the good news for him is, as much as I'm not, I'm not in love with Andy Dalton as a quarterback, but he is good enough to fill some needs for some other teams. I think that's fair to say. And maybe in a better situation, he's a better quarterback. Because let's be honest, if he's got weapons surrounding him, I think you can win with Andy Dalton. But when you have a quarterback that has the potential to transform your team like Joe Burrow, you have to take that opportunity. You have a new head coach. He's been there a year or so now, so not as new as he was, but still with a new head coach and you're trying to rebuild the program, you're trying to undo so many years of neglect. And that's part of Andy Dalton's problem is they, as an organization, they didn't really surround him with everything he needed. He was on the ground a lot. And to be honest with you, I don't think it's all Andy Dalton's fault. The situation in Cincinnati was not all Andy Dalton's fault. He wasn't the best quarterback on the field, but he wasn't the worst either. At the same time, if you give him a little help, you might have found out how good, well, he could have been a little bit better. He felt pressured, I'm sure, hurried a lot. 
a lot of interceptions. But at the end of the day, if someone takes a fly on him, they're going to get a quarterback at a good value, and I don't know if he is going to pass on that kind of opportunity. I think it would be a mistake if he did. He could be a good backup, a good mentor. He could also maybe help a franchise out. I understand that people who love to speculate have talked about, hey, Andy Dalton might be a good fit in New England. I don't know. I don't know if he would be a good fit in New England. I don't know if they would bring in a quarterback or try to groom a quarterback. I don't know what that's going to look like for New England. But Andy Dalton no longer with the Cincinnati Bengals. The good news for Andy Dalton, though, is that he leaves with a lot more respect and less animosity than Carson Palmer did. And that was the thing. Carson Palmer, he left a lot of bad blood there. His career worked out for him. Maybe didn't reach the heights that he thought he could or should have. Injuries, of course, did not help his career. With Dalton relatively healthy, put some weapons with him. Maybe he's got a shot. At the end of the day, though, he's not my favorite quarterback, but he was a heck of a guy. His foundation, raising a lot of money, and that's something you do take note of. The fact that he was a community guy. He was a guy that would put together things to help kids and all kinds of other projects like that. So you, you got to give him credit. You have to acknowledge it. But at the same time, as a Bengals fan, I'm all in on Joe Burrow. I'm going all in. I don't think Dalton was going to take the Bengals to the future. I don't think Dalton was going to be able to lift the Bengals over the hump you got to go a different direction. You went a different direction in coach. Now you're going a different direction in quarterback. And also, Joe Burrow, whether you like it or not, he's the guy now. There's no question in the locker room. He's going to be the guy at quarterback. He doesn't have to compete for the job. Pretty much it's going to be his job. Now the pressure is going to be on him, but at the same time, I think this kid likes that pressure. We've got more on the way. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're opening it up now. I'm going to get you used to it. So start thinking about it. We are social distancing, so instead of you actually calling the program, you can text the show. Text line is 304-399-8255, 304-399-8255. That is your text line to be a part of the program. Paul Swan, your host here for today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I asked earlier on our Facebook page, where do you think Andy Dalton should go? And I asked you to send me text. I've got the Steelers. Text the Steelers. No, I don't want Andy Dalton going to the Steelers because then they might resurrect him and use him against the Bengals. So I don't want that. You can send your text comments anytime. Again, 304-399-8255 to send a text message to the program. Now, we were talking about NASCAR opening back up, starting to get some races going without fans. 
I don't know when fans are going to come back. I don't know when it's going to be safe, to be quite honest, because every day we learn something new, and every day we're all in the same, I think, same boat when it comes to we just don't know. But there has been sort of a a focus on will you feel comfortable when you can go back to see sports? In the current climate, current situation, no vaccine, your social distancing, and a recent morning consult poll showed that less than 40% of the U.S. adults that would go ten sports anticipate feeling comfortable attending a sporting event sometime this year. And I think that is interesting because you might open up the doors to see your favorite football team, your favorite baseball team, your favorite basketball team. But here's the thing. How do you make the fans feel comfortable? And how do you go about it with social distancing guidelines? Because the virus will be in, well, the virus is going to be in play for a while. So how do we do this? Will there be hand sanitizer? I mean, will football stadiums have hand sanitizer dispensers? Because let's be honest, it's hard to get hand sanitizer now. So are we going to see hand sanitizer all over the place? Are we going to have cleaning crews constantly wiping down? How does this play out? What does this look like? How do you keep the venue clean? Do you limit your menu? I've seen that now in some fast food restaurants. They've limited the menu because, of course, they're getting such a surge. Trust me, you drive by Jones C. Edwards Stadium and you want to go and get a burger, chicken McNuggets, you want to go get breakfast, yeah, those places are pretty busy right now. They're getting swamped. And so they're limiting their menu. Do you limit your menu at the concession stand so you don't have a long wait? Pretty much this is what you get. One size fits all soft drink, hot dog, a couple other items. Here you go. Thank you very much. How does that work? And, of course, there's also the issue of will you have to stand six feet from one another when you're in line at the concession stand? And to be quite honest, I don't know how you can distance properly and allow people to walk through the concourse. It's going to be interesting. Will you have limited concession stands? Will you have arrows pointing where you can walk? I mean, mark it out so a three-year-old can follow. You walk in the stadium this way. You walk out the stadium this way. You go to your seats this way. You go to your seats that way. If you want concessions, this is where you go. And do you close certain parts of the stadium if you bring limited fans back? Will there be that transition period? I'm glad I don't have to answer these questions. I'm kind of interested as well. How do we how do we operate the press box? Because you're going to have to have people in close proximity. So will you have limited media? Will you have limited officials? Yeah. Will I be sitting six feet from Dave Walsh? The answer is yes. Already the answer is yes. I'm going to tell you that right now. I'm sitting six feet minimum from Dave Walsh. Love you, Dave. I hope you're listening. I hope you're well out there. You know, I haven't had a Monday show with Dave Walsh in forever. And I... If I could shrink wrap him and bubble wrap him, and I'd bring him in the studio right now. But uh, we've been pretty, we've been pretty 
closed down here trying to limit interaction. So I can't bring Dave Walsh in on the show with me. And trust me, uh, with all of um, the mishaps we've had with his cell phone, I would I would dare not try to video conference him in or do anything like that. I, I would be terrified. But back to the, the bigger point at hand here, I do go off on a tangent. I do understand. The bigger point here is how do you bring fans in, social distance, make fans feel comfortable, and do all this in a stadium setting? Can you do it in an arena setting? Can you have this? Or is this going to be phased in next year? I would love to see the plan because you're going to have to direct traffic. And does that mean you don't have tailgating on the parking lot? Honestly, think about that. If you're relaxing guidelines, but you're still trying to practice social distancing, do you allow larger groups of people to tailgate on the tailgate lot? You can park your vehicle there, but sorry, you can't bring out your grill and congregate and have a tent and have multiple people. You can't do that. Or can you? What will the direction be? There are so many questions that need to be answered right now. And will you feel comfortable attending a game in which there are crowds in the concourse? And, of course, you're sitting close to somebody. For some of you, you don't care. You're just going to do it. And more power to you. But for a lot of people, not so much as far as right now. Want to come back, not so much right away because they wouldn't feel comfortable. And that's fine. It, It is a choice. If... There's going to be football played. I know there will be people who will want to be in the stands. And if that is allowed, there will be a plan. And if you're not comfortable with it, totally get it. And will we be required to wear masks? Will that help bring more fans in if you know that everyone has to wear a mask? No exceptions. If you come into the stadium, you're wearing a mask. Now, of course, the mask is to protect me and the mask is to protect me. That's it. That's what it's for. I wear a mask to protect you. You wear a mask to protect me. If we're all wearing masks, we limit the possibility. Is that going to be some of the thinking here? Okay, we can bring people in. It's going to be limited in numbers, but they're going to all have to wear masks. And I don't know if some people can do that because one, do they have masks? Two, are they going to be comfortable wearing a mask? Do they feel like, well, wait a minute, I don't want to wear a mask. Well, can't come to the football stadium. I don't know. None of this really is going to be clear until we get closer to football season. What's going to happen? But at the end of the day, we're going to have football season in some shape or form because it's money, plain and simple. It's money because it will cause economic crisis for a lot of people. And so there will be a way to put this together. NASCAR has found a way. They believe, and they're going to try it and see what happens. Baseball might have a way. Basketball, hockey, we'll see. Football, they're big enough, they're powerful enough, they'll find a way. More on the way, by the way. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Don't worry. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. 
We're wrapping up today's edition for Thursday, April 30th. The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930, presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Now, we've talked about the last few days, the NCAA, and the fact that college athletes are now going to have some opportunity to profit off their names, their images, and their likeness. The NIL, and that's going to start in 2021. We're going to find out more as the weeks progress what that's going to translate to, if that's going to offer a competitive advantage, if that's going to offer new income sources for these young men and women. One thing, though, we can count on, it's not a new video game with college football. That's not happening So what is the point of this thing? I'm sure some of you are asking. Well, here's the problem. NCAA football. It was almost a rite of passage every summer. We would get this game before college football began. And I think the fan base was, if not more, just as passionate as the Madden fan base. And so... There's going to be a difficulty here in getting this thing off the ground because student athletes would not be able to reference trademarks or other intellectual property from the school they attend and any endorsement or sponsorship under the proposal that's coming out. So basically, I can profit off who I am and I can say pretty much, This is where I'm from. This is where I play. But that's about it, if I understand this correctly. Hi, I'm Paul Swan, shooting guard, Marshall University, and I want you to come to Paul's Taco Stand. I think that's how it's going to work, kids. But unless some things happen, we're not going to see NCAA football because you can't use school logos. You can't use... Uniforms, you can't use other properties that belong to the university, the athletic department. And here's the other problem. You don't have a union. You don't have a player's union. There's no player's union making group deals. Now, if you could put one together, I'd love to see how that worked, but you don't have a player's union putting together deals, so... There's no blanket licensing. If there was a players' union, you could you could feasibly say, all right, we've got this players' union. We're going to sign in on this so you can make some group deals happen for us. So that means the players get a percentage. They get a piece. They get a little bit of the action under the licensing deal. And so the licensing deal makes it possible for you to be able to use all the players If you get NCAA football, if you get NCAA football, I don't mean football, I mean here, NCAA, can we use all the stuff that goes into football? Yeah. And what's that going to cost? I don't know. But I hate to disappoint you, but uh, we're probably a few years off from figuring that out. But if there's a will, there's a way. And if there's an opportunity to make money, there will be. Hey, don't forget, we are right now in the middle of our Radio Cares Feeding America Emergency Radiothon. All you have to do for more information is go to radiocares.org or text FEED to 95819. All donations go directly to Feeding America. And, of course, that means it benefits Feeding America. And we're talking about, of course, the 
food bank locally as well. So this is money that's going to benefit everybody. All you have to do is go to radiocares.org, find out more information. That's going to do it for this edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.